This week on the Keizu Poetry Slam cast, it's round three of the 2002 semifinals. Our guest hosts and feature poets are Larry Francis and Eric Daniel from the Ann Arbor Poetry Slam. You're going to hear a couple of poems from them and an open mic and a little bit of the slam this week. And then we'll finish up the slam next week and a little bit more from our feature poets in part two. Let's do this. This is Slam Poem. Later, like the poems are like, you dirty fucking whore. But this is one of the good ones from the beginning. My ears reach in the suburban noise of night. There's a question asked in one naked moment. I am the spit. I am the poet. I am the industrial revolution. No longer bright as fireflies. You also are free to make as many wild moans and sounds of the damned as you wish during this. It's what I heard in my head when I wrote it, so feel free to do it. It's called, Please Tread on Me. I've got bureaucrats on my dynamos. I've got a flange around which to wrap my garden hose. And I've got the Charles Manson Cathedral of the Pandemonium Cyclone. I've got a comfortable existence. I've got powder burn from jet lag, a foot-long slice of my cerebrum hanging over the mantle, and enough fertilizer to fertilize my fertilizer. I've got a comfortable existence. I've got a backward mass message on the answering machine in case Satan calls. I've got a set of speakers louder than the background hiss of the cosmos and enough televisions to make heroin a moot point. I've got a comfortable existence. I've got cracks in the foundation to let the radon out, enough insulation to keep the asbestos active, and paper cuts from the mortgage tucked up my rectum. I've got a comfortable I've got 9-11 in the news, blinders on my views, diseases for my habits, designs upon rabbits, disorders for my inadequacies, letter bombs for bureaucracies, smart bombs for dictators, dick-faced annihilators, too many diversions for meditation, and enough caffeine to give a sperm whale the heebie-jeebies. I've got a comfortable existence. I'm doing all right. Thank you. I'm the other guy. You don't think that I can hear you, but I can. This little ditty I wrote about uh, poetry readings and my personal pet peeves. It's for Ernie. The phenomenon began when man first discovered fire 
and began fashioning tools and has grown at an alarming rate. Technology began to encroach upon all aspects of natural community. Habitats were raised, life cycles were interrupted. Species have become extinct or adapted to the rise of the corporate paradigm. One species in particular has adapted with such fierce determination that it has grown to epidemic proportions. Now, some call this life form a virus or disease. However, most of us call them by their more widely known moniker, the giant asshole. You may have encountered any number of these creatures in your day-to-day -day existence. They're the ones that cut you off and then give you the finger. They're the ones that give you superbly shitty service at your favorite eateries and drinking establishments. They're the ones who pissed on the seat, and they're the ones who must be stopped. They're everywhere, maybe even in the White House. It is certainly possible that there's one right here, right now. Perhaps you've seen the signs. Yo, this is Chad. Hey, what's up? What you doing? Oh, nothing. I'm at this porch you're reading. Yeah, I'm at one right now. Some guy's up there talking about assholes or something. I'm just trying to get my beer on, you know? No, I'm not going to leave. I paid my money to get in, and I'll do whatever I want. Besides, I had a bad day. Some dumbass spilled beer on me when I bumped into him, and they got in my face about it. It's not my fault I tripped on his cane. Ladies and gentlemen, how long will we allow this to go on? We must stamp out this plague while we can. We must take these assholes to a place far away where they can't hurt anyone, perhaps the moon or a small asteroid. Now, some more compassionate folks may propose that we attempt to rehabilitate these assholes, that they may rejoin society in a positive manner. I have three words for these people. Calvin pissing stickers. We need these people out of our neighborhoods, out of our governments, and out of our lives as soon as possible, if not sooner. And we just might find that along the way we've gotten rid of racism, sexism, violent crime, warfare, drunk driving, and bad food service all in one fell swoop. So please, let's call the CDC as soon as this poetry reading is over and start the quarantine procedures. That, folks, in my humble opinion, will make the world a whole lot nicer place to live in. Of course, I may be wrong, and I'm willing to discuss it rationally and calmly. And do you know why? Because I do not want to be an asshole. Thank you. Tall people, Mike. Short people, Mike. They're arranged this way for a reason. Every time I come up here, I see somebody got to grab this thing and yank it all the way up here, and then there's some little munchkin that comes over here and pulls this one down. Anyway, that's just a rant. That's not the poem. Us and them. Big Billy Bob walked up to me, and his face was one big frown. He said, Drew Mark, look down by the park. One of them's moved into town. Well, what would one of them entail, I said to my old friend. He said, well, look here, Drew, there's me and you, but he's just one of them. Can't comprehend this conversation. I said, though, it was a lie. I could still remember that cloudy September when crosses lit the sky. Billy Bob blew up and shouted, Why are you acting so dumb? Can't you see that besides you and me that people like that are just scum? 
They think that they are the same as us, but they must understand that they must face it was our race that made this country grand. Your statement sounds sincere, I said to a man I'd known for years, but being kin or color of skin is not what makes us peers, for I have found both friend and foe can spring from the same womb, and matters of race just have no place when we finally reach the tomb. Now know this, neighbor, though we may be weeds that have grown from the same stem, if you got a fuss about being one of us, I guess I'll just be one of them. This one is called Sins of the Fathers. It's dedicated to the church. Trembling lips of little children, forgotten their foreign religious names, singing jagged, blood-stained sopranos when the saints go marching in. Whispers of the angels in the heavens grow into hysteric screams. Carriots swing slow and Jesus curses corruption on the cross while Buddha struggles to uncross his legs but cannot run to save the children. And the Rastafari lights up the chalice and turns to the north. And the pastor, pastor lustful as the wretched in his preachings, raging loins swinging him to the gates of hell where Lucifer images and anoints him chosen and sends him back to his church with a cross on the earth to pounce on little children. Sopranos on their, di on their lips dying menopausal deaths and, and cries of father, please don't do, but the priest sings, let the children come. Mike's not sure enough. I don't appreciate being called a midget. Whatever. For the duration of a three-hour drive to your hometown on the south side where the sun is afraid to go and you, you are afraid to leave the city of your birth and the city of your slow, vivid death on my way to Detroit. I form Dear John letters in the sky with perfect animal clouds on soothing blue canvas. The color was enough to trick a broken heart into thinking life continues past pain, continues through salt waterfalls, and somehow emerges clean, purged, excused from the supper table with no dishwashing duties, forgiven. Forgiven for the inability to break up through mechanical devices, not willing to give Ma Bell her cut of 11 cents per minute of excuses, I'm sorry's, and accusations, and those outright lies to create oneself as the better person in the failed relationship. Failed because even Ma Bell knows you haven't called, and she hopes we make many I want you back conversations during prime operational times because we both work nights and daytime is all we have together. Daytime and a three hour drive, I don't make nearly enough. Now that the picture of us on my bedside table that I point to when I have gentlemen callers is the proof of our love that hasn't experienced dinner in a movie since Zoolander wrongfully flopped at the box office since our relationship started stinking like the fish we ate that night in silence, still three hours 
of road between your side of the table and mine, the night our relationship wrongfully flopped at the box office. If only Siskel and Evert could resurrect and give us two thumbs up, a small vote of confidence, a hell yeah. Long distance and color and shape and religious beliefs do not kill relationships, but unconfident people with trigger fingers kill relationships. We, we kill relationships. And as I write this all out in the sky for you to see, for all to see, I get off on Woodward Avenue, turn left, and get back on 696 towards home, racing the oncoming night because I have to copy down the clouds on blue canvas and give the postmaster his cut of our breakup. Uh, a friend of mine sent me this on the internet that I thought I'd share it with you. It's called The History of Food. And God populated the earth with broccoli and cauliflower and spinach and green and yellow vegetables of all kinds so man and woman would live long and healthy lives. And Satan created McDonald's. And McDonald's brought forth the 99-cent double cheeseburger. And Satan said to man, you want fries with that? And man said, supersize them. And man gained pounds. Then God created the healthful yogurt that woman might keep her figure that man sounds found so fair. And Satan froze the yogurt. And he brought forth chocolate, nuts, and brightly colored sprinkled candy to put on the yogurt. And woman gained pounds. Then God said, try my crispy salad. And Satan brought forth creamy dressings, bacon bits, and shredded cheese. And there was ice cream for dessert. And woman gained more pounds. Then God said, I have sent your healthy heart vegetables and olive oil with which to cook them. And Satan brought forth chicken fried steak so big it needed its own platter. And man gained more pounds and his bad cholesterol went right through the roof. Then God brought forth running shoes and man resolved to lose those extra pounds. And Satan brought forth cable TV with remote control so man would not have to toil to change channels from ESPN to ESPN2. And man gained more pounds and God said, you're running up the score, devil. Then God brought forth the potato, a vegetable naturally low in fat and brimming with nutrition. And Satan peeled off the healthful skin and sliced the starchy center into chips and deep fat fried them. And he created sour cream dip, too. And man clutched the remote control and ate the potato chips swaddled in cholesterol. And Satan saw it and said that it was good. And man went into cardiac arrest. Then God sighed and created quadruple bypass surgery. <laughs> and then Satan created the HMO. Okay. Okay. And uh, one quick poem <laughs> entitled, What is Luck? It's a safety switch on the side of your gun and the pills you took when life stopped being fun. It's your mother's arms when you're alone and in danger. And it's those unfriendly people when you feel like a stranger. It's only a game of chance and not a fair bet, but for some, luck is the only chance they'll ever get. You see, that little voice you obeyed when you didn't agree is the luck you have, but you never see. It's that person yelling duck when something's coming your way. And it's that debt you owe, but can you never repay. It's that new car you bought that runs like shit and the tax return that you thought you'd get. It's that one bill you always keep forgetting to pay and the gun you bought but left home that day. 
It's your piece of the bread when the butter's too hard, and it's that job you lost by going too far. Life's only a game of chance, and it's seldom fair. Like the circumstances surrounding your prayers, it's mean and fickle. It can go either way, because you never get to choose how the game is played. Although, a game of chance can be your only appeal when all your plans go sour and you're ready to deal. But please, don't be fooled by the cards you get. Luck don't make the rules. It just shuffles the decks. Thank you. Dirt and raw sugar coat my hair and teeth, equally brown and sweet with friction. Maple leaves droop like bells over the graveyard, fall carelessly tangle in her gust of hair. We fly twin lantern beams through the forest, chasing shadows, iron singeing, singeing my taste buds, a low autumn flame rasping in my lungs. The clouds don't run so nimbly. We collapse into mounds of fertile decay, toss bright wet constellations at the sky. They are ripe with the musk of soil. When I die, I want to find nirvana. When I die, I want a celebration. When I die, I want to be a tree. When I die, I want eternity to be something close to this. Light cries into a blackened sky, a premature newborn without blanket or mother. A dog echoes itself again and again, bouncing its voice against the walls of night, revealing our motions to the listening dead. Wind thrashes like a man playing the piano with his fists. One tree remains steady, wide branches beckoning our limbs to dance among them. The moon flashes through the clouds. A stone pokes up like a baby tooth near the roots. My fingers trace the letters brushing off the sediment, the sentiments of time. Pauline, a wife, mother, aunt, disciple of the half moon as we are tonight. Died 1912, aged 24, in Victorian lace and flowing hair, sewing curtains in velvet-hushed parlors. Aged 24 days. A few minutes before midnight, the air smells like crushed roses. Check. <clears throat> Hi everybody, my name is Jeffrey. Thanks for having me out again. Am I too close to that monitor? Want me just to start and you'll fix it as I go? All right. See if you can catch this one. Give me a beak, come on, man, free my soul. I need a little help up here, I can't do it alone. I'm unhappy, yeah, I'm so sad. Just lost the best friend I might ever have. She said, Run mad, buzz often as you can. Cause you best not depend, you'll be heaven sent lately. I just don't 
feel the same I get so caught up deep down So drift away out there where I'm gonna find myself She said I better find myself as often as I can So I do what I do, yeah, I do My love is free, you know my love, please fly through Do what you need to, because you need it to Just the way I do, you know I do, I do, I do, I do I do, I do, I do, you know I do Come on, give me a beat, man, free my soul. I need a little help tonight. I need rock and roll. See, rock and roll, it ain't my fantasy. Just the only thing alive deep down inside I found still in me It's like rock and roll, you know, man, Ozzy Don't move so slow He's barely up there now Prime time, late night TV show Oh, I'm unhappy yeah, I'm still so sad Cause I turn my head around, love don't know what I had, yeah. My love is free, you know my love, please fly through, do what you need to. Because you need it to She said run my about as often as you can Cause you won't depend that I'll be heaven sent out there This is where I'm gonna find myself Girl I hope you find yourself about as often as you can Lately, she said, lately I just don't feel that way You know, deep down inside You all feel far away So I do what I do, yeah Do what you need to, cause I know you need it to the way I do. Thanks. You want me to do any more? Are we we got time or what do we want? I can jump right out right now. All right. All right. I had one in mind and then I just spaced on.
Another broken love song. been calling these three tired watchdogs they got their ears you better watch their step back to fight don't step slide slower to the left my love you come much closer to me thereby I keep on stringing up these high-wire fence posts so as to help protect me from you. Yeah, I got cannons and hand grenades, girl. I got lots and lots of barbed wire, too. And again, I suppose all this shit I build really don't make sense to you. Oh, I suppose you probably think I should stop the song and get it back in tune. Oh, that was three long years gone. But now there's really not too much here remains. Oh, I got this artistry of broken glass like duct tape staring through my cardboard window pane. I never paid too much attention back then about winding up piercing in today deep down I wish you'd show up come around out of nowhere start preaching hey I still feel that way hey hey man I still feel that way hey hey Why'd you change? Then again, I suppose that that won't never ever happen to you. I suppose you're right. I really got a lot better things I could do. Really, really, baby, I think you're right. Maybe I should try and get this guitar back in tune. But, you know, you know, I was singing before about all these crazy things. You know, I do, I do, I do, I do. But uh, I got one more time around. We're going to sing the chorus, and then we're going to get on with the show. So why don't you make some noise for all those people who are about to slam and give you your heart, or you're going to give us all a number back. So They've all been calling out all day, night long. You know they've been falling down a lot too. We get up here, caught screaming, shouting all about what we got. About how I'm falling back on you. So we just keep on falling back on you. Cause we wouldn't be here without you.
Find my CD. Hello. Over at the baby factory, there was lots of poo and lots of pee today. Fired up the diapering machine. They put the babies on conveyor belts. Imagine how those little babies felt when they fired up the diapering machine. Oh, the diapering machine. It's really fast and clean Oh, but it scares the hell out of me fast and clean oh but it scares the hell out of me over at the baby factory there was lots of poo and lots of pee till they fired up till they fired up till they fired up the diaper and machine tunnel way too long and here they come with their cans of paint 
talking about the little devils. Daddy, daddy, something's wrong. We've been in this tunnel way too long. And here they come with their cans of paint. Talking about the little. Little pebbles all around, little devils that live underground. I think it's time to slam. Is that right? Is that right? Yes, it is. Let me see if I got this right. They dragged me all the way out here. Let me see if I got what they told me right. This is the third week of the semifinals. Yes. And we have 10 poets going tonight, and they're gonna the top six based on the scores for this night. The previous two weeks will move on to the finals next week. Is that right? And then of those six, will the top four be representing Kalamazoo and Minneapolis at the national? Dawn, thank you very much. That is the way it's going to be. I got it all right. I passed the test. Excellent. We have ten poets with some very standard American names, nice names all. We have the Beth, and we have some Chris's and a Greg and a Dawn. And then we have some fuck named Drac. <laughs> what the hell happened to him? How'd you get in out here, huh? Huh? With that sweater. Shame on you. Okay. Well, uh, for those of you who haven't seen the slam before, we're going to judge these poets, hurt their egos. That's always fun. And we have some judges who have actual names. Let's see. Dan and Evie, we have a pair of judges. Where are Dan and Evie sitting or standing? They're out on the deck smoking. That's okay. It doesn't matter. This is the shtick anyway. There they are. And then we have somebody named Jeff Kelly. And we have Sam. Would that be Sam Boyd, Tracy? Is that Sam? Is there somebody else named Sam here? There he is, Sam Boyd. There he is. And we have Carl. And we have Allison and Martin. All of those people will be judging these poets. Now, before we get the slam going, we are going to have a poet who is going to make a great sacrifice, who will do a poem dear to his heart, he will be judged, and then the score will be dismissed utterly. We will throw it out. It will not even count. 
It's just so that the judges can look up and see each other's scores. Our sacrificial poet tonight will be this fella named Tracy. Thought I was gonna skip out on doing a poem tonight, didn't you? For the poets. Once for three minutes, you'll step on the stage. And once for three minutes, you'll take hold of the night and own it. You'll wear it tighter than your skin and you will take it with you wherever, whenever it is you wanna go. Perhaps you'll take it to the first time you said, I love you, wrapped in sunrise and afterglow. Or maybe you'll take it to the places you're most proud of, like the first time you stood up to a bully and you didn't shake and you didn't stammer and you didn't blink until that fucker backed down. Or maybe you'll take it all the way back to the fourth grade when you got your first A on that reading test from the beautiful teacher with the long legs, you know, long before you knew what long legs could do. Or maybe you'll take it, maybe you'll take it to the places that you're afraid to go alone, like that time when someone hurt you, though that someone never meant to, or the day you lost your mother. But wherever you take it, that's only the beginning because once for three minutes you can take it to the top of the mountain of your grandfather's lap or to the bottom of the fear in your belly. You can take it to the places where friendships were forged out of common interests, common addictions, and bad directions like that time we got lost in our own backyard. You can take it to eavesdrop on the conversation that we once almost never should have had once for three minutes, you'll step on the stage. You'll have a place, a chance to find the grace you never see hovering around you your entire life. You will take it and you will share it with the living and the dead and it will become the subtle mythology of a hundred ears and you will wind its simple, generous truth into the fabric of generations. I'm only telling you this because you should know where this road goes, this narrow, crooked, less traveled road. I'm only telling you because I'm a messenger. I'm just a signpost, a well-placed cobblestone on your path to oblivion. And I'm only telling you this because I've seen it, because I've heard it, because I felt it move across the room like lightning on the water. And once for three minutes, it even happened to me. That was Tracy, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here's the hard part, the scoring. I have no idea where the judges are. It is necessary for you to hold up your scores high when you get them. Now, I've been given the task of giving you all the bad news. I don't know. Yeah, go find some judges and... I don't know, slap them or something so they squeal. The judges do look hostile. I have one. Now, you will see the poets come up here. They will perform a poem of... Oh, keep it up until all the scores are read. 
They will perform a poem of their own design. There will be no props. There will be no animal acts. There will be no nudity allowed. I apologize. I know. Because let me tell you, I want to see Tracy nude. And I can see two, three, four. I cannot see fifth. And since this is the all-important semifinals, time will be kept. Each poet has a three-minute time limit. They have a 10-second grace period. So you want a pretty face in white lace, pale pink lips, cotton panty innocence, and a never-been-kissed smile that crumbles like maple sugar candy in your mouth. You want me to lower my eyes, like me a little bit shy, soft as feathers that break under pressure. You want me to want you on top. Want to possess me like pearls, like pants, like golf clubs. You want me to bake cookies shaped like hearts, embroider and knit every night, quietly wince when I'm hurting, but say, I'm all right. Well, okay. I am your girlfriend. Oh. Oh, you, you want a hangs tough, rough and ready lady who knows how to ride? You want me to slide into something a little more comfortable? You want a sexy, racy, black leather bustier bursting with insatiable lust? Want me to plead for you, need you, the way you still need a mama? Want to call me baby, bitch, whore? Want me to scream, more, more? So loudly the neighbor's wife gets jealous, lie when you come too soon, pretend to swoon and say you're the best I ever had. Hey, I'm your girlfriend. I'll bring you to your knees, bind your wrist to the bedpost so tightly you'll hear your arteries sing, gag your throat with a sock shoved so far you'll actually taste gym class again. Scrape my strong nails across your neck and squeeze until your lips turn blue. I whip out my tools as you catch your breath. Want to fear death a little more? Hate life a little less? Get undressed, boy. Turn around. Face on the ground. Feel that spiked heel spreading your vertebrae. Hear me cackle. Hear me roar. Kiss my feet. Suck my toes. Answer me, boy. I want to know now who's your girlfriend. Who's your girlfriend? No words? No? <laughs> Don't worry, lover. Just a joke. Just a game. I can go right back to my place. Just the same soft thing. You know I'd never hurt you. No, I'll never leave you. I need you. I want you. So please don't go. I'll be so understanding. Never demand anything. Keep my thoughts to myself and I'll try not to think much. I won't even say much except yes and okay. And I'll smile so sweetly. You won't even notice my teeth so neatly filed to fang-like points. So, how about it, honey? I'll be your girlfriend. That was Beth, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see how those judges feel about it. Did I mention I need you to hold up your scores really fucking fast? Sorry, I didn't mean to leave that out. Wasn't in the job description. One more. Who are we waiting on? Thank you very much. In no particular order whatsoever. I can't read a fucking thing over here. I'll tell you what, we have a nine. We have a 9.3. 
We have a 9.2. Who are you? What's that? Yeah. We have an 8.4, and at the front of the bar, did 8.3, really? We have an 8.3. How do you feel about that, lads, ladies? We have a time of 2.20, so there will be no time penalty on that. We have a final score of. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a score, Tracy. A 26.6 for Beth. Give it up for that poet. Poet number two, Jeffrey. Hear it for Jeffrey, yes? Come. Third shift, gas station, West Bloomfield, Michigan. 3.57, Tuesday morning, I'm at work, sitting crooked in a broken chair, locked up tight in this plastic cage. See, my back aches after another long day of no sleep and this bastard little chair. This place kind of gets to me, so I turn up the radio to cover the fluorescent noise with just a little more noise. We got WDET, Liz Copeland, the best there is. So I lean back, kind of feel like an old man. These eyes are desert plains, bones like driftwood, and I linger here for a moment in between till I see all these little post-it notes there surrounding me, these bold little reminders of my nightly expectations, my duties as if like purpose in this translucent cube, pathetic corporate approved bullshit. See, they expect me, me, to be a salesman. May I die first, hellbound with a grin, pushing their plastic-coated slime off onto these drivers. Smile and suggest a pack of gum to a truck driver at... Three o'clock in the morning, I'll plant a bomb in the car wash before I push any sugary snacks off on these belligerent fucks that stumble up into this place. Because all these West Bloomfield trust funds, well, they all own their own stores anyway. Yeah, I know, because they have to tell me about it every time they're in here. These arrogant money sluts. I will never understand their incessant need to impress me. The slouching, chain-smoking, coffee-slurping word freak. Me, the insomniac with the nappy hair, placed in a plastic observation cube and put on public display for eight hours each day. Me, the slouching gas station cashier. Every time they're in here, they got to pull out their huge green knot of pride. It's usually, and I'm not kidding, man, it's like two or three grand in every pocket before they can come up with five bucks for gas and that bottle of Coke. These are the materialistic fucks that turned our suburban oaks into the plastic metropolis it is today. Gold chain mall queens still like toting them testosterone drunken kings. But my friends say I need to get my body into a bed. Forget this electronic hell and all these glossy demons for a while. I friends and my friends say you should just get yourself fired. And I say, no, 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 no. No, no, man, check it out. I got me a whole rack of mini bicks, and we got us uh, something like 20 tons of gasoline. We could just set this whole place up on fire. But there's only about 25 minutes before my manager arrives, so I'm just going to drink another three pots of coffee while I smoke myself away. In case you didn't know it, that's Jeffrey Paul St. John. Judges are ruminating about that one. How do we feel about motherfucking blowing up gasoline shit? And wait a minute, I got two grand in my pocket, so he was making fun of me. <laughs> we'll see. It, 
Okay. We're still waiting on the guy in the front of the bar. Thank you very much. We have. Straight up, please. A 9.1. A 9.3. What? 9.1. Yes? Is that right? Thank you very much. A 9.4. And an 8.2. I'm sorry, 8.6. That was all of them? You only heard three? There was five, definitely. Shut up, Jeffrey. All right, now that we have the scores in, in case you didn't know it, that's the only poet in Michigan to qualify for three out of four semifinals in Michigan. That's Detroit, Ann Arbor, and Kalamazoo. I think that's a first. I think that's a world record. Yeah, yeah, just add up the fucking scores, Tracy. Jesus. for Jeffrey Paul St. John. Give it up for that poet. Would you like to hear some of my poetry? Not really. You really should. I have killed. I have helped kill. I have killed part of myself. I cannot change this. I. I must seek Buddha. I must seek Christ. You must seek therapy. That's where I would go with that. 